morning, friends. Um, just want you to know, this is a huge honor that I get to come up here and talk to you guys. I respect so many of you, and I just am excited to talk about Jesus today. Um, you'll have to bear with me. There might be some awkward moments. Again, this is one of my first time doing this, so you'll just forget that and remember all the great things I said. Okay, great. Um, no, just kidding. But uh, this morning, when I was preparing, Jimmy and I were talking about how Lent started on Wednesday. Um, and Lent can be about a lot of things, but really it's about renewing our relationship with the Lord, really reorienting ourselves from busyness um, to being more with Christ. And so um, we're going to be talking about it today. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to read Luke chapter 5, verse 1. So I'm going to pray real quick, and then we'll stand and read. Lord, thank you so much for this morning. Um, I just pray that you would use me to speak your words. Um, Lord, that we would come ready to engage with your Holy Spirit, that our hearts would be softened, that we be reminded how much you dearly love us and desire for more of a relationship with us, Lord, and that we could just stand in that glory. And you can pray. Amen. So again, stand with me to read Luke 5. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats, left there by the fishermen, who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Y'all can see. In my mind, this is total renewal. Peter has just a day where he's doing his job being a fisherman. And then things totally change in a lot of ways. And he begins one of the most epic lives in Christ that we've ever heard of, right? Um, and so we're going to be just walking through what this looks like. Um, I think this is a little bit of a funny story in a way. I think Jesus always shows up in ways we don't expect. Um, I think we need to state the obvious that if we were Peter, I would find Jesus really annoying in this situation, right? We find out that Peter has been working all night long and they haven't caught anything. So imagine a terrible day at work and you come home and he is like, hey, first, can I borrow your boat? Peter's like, okay, fine, I'll let you borrow my boat. Um, and Jesus did that at the time because on lakes, sound travels really far over water. So he's able to teach people more easily from the boat. So Simon like lets him do that and would probably be like, okay, now you can thank me and we're done. But no, Jesus goes on to say, hey, let's go fish some more over there. And it's like very clear to Peter that this man is not a fisherman. 
So imagine you have a long day of work. It doesn't go well. A stranger, by the way, he doesn't know who Jesus is or what he's about at all. He's just heard him teach. A stranger comes up to you and is like, hey, I know how to do your job a little better. I don't know. I would not receive that well. Uh, I would be like, no, go away. I let you borrow my boat. That's enough. Like they haven't been in the process of cleaning their nets. These are huge nets that are very, I'm sure, hard to clean. You want to preserve them for a long time. It's an important tool. And instead, Jesus is like, no, 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 I know you've done a lot, but like, let's go do this. And, and one reason I know I would be frustrated is because I get frustrated by just waiting in line at the grocery store, right? You and I get annoyed by when someone is too slow at a light, right? I get annoyed when I have to go to the grocery store and the one thing I want isn't there. So I go to another grocery store that is two minutes away and I get in my own vehicle that has heating and air and any music I like and I have to drive for two minutes and then find it right there. These people would find that a luxury. So I know for a fact, we would not receive Jesus as like, oh goodness, this is the day I've been waiting for, this is awesome. You're like, no, you rude person, please leave me alone. Um, and so I just think that says something to us that Peter says yes, right? Something about this man changed Peter's opinion. He said, okay, he was a little sassy. He was like, I mean, it hasn't worked for me, but we'll try it out. Um, and this, him saying yes to this one thing that was really inconvenient led to a crazy life with the Lord. He got to be the disciple that was closest with the Lord. He saw the transfiguration. He saw the Lord crucified and rise again. He saw Pentecost. He started the church. His death was even known as a martyr. Guys, we know his name. His life in the Lord was vibrant and great. And it all started with Jesus asking some annoying questions. Um, I think when we're thinking about renewal, we, as God's people, when we are craving renewal, it feels hard to get. How do I renew my relation with the Lord? I can't hear him as well. How do I reach for that? Some of us are in a place where renewal is not really on our mind. We're just going through the motions. And I've been in both, so none of us is with any judgment. But we're just so focused on what's next that our hearts might be a little cold. And we can't even really pause to think about renewal. But when we do want it, why does it feel hard to get? I feel like there are two big things that spoke to me, and I feel like the Lord has been teaching me about renewal. Um, the two things that I think really get in our way of renewal is noise and hating discomfort. When I'm speaking of noise... We all know that we live in a crazy time with technology that's never been seen before where we are reachable in a million different ways at all times, right? And Jesus, with Peter, is even calling him out into deeper waters to a quieter space. Their world at this time was not nearly as noisy and loud as our world is. And even in this world, Jesus is calling Peter out to deeper water to probably a quieter space. Right, we, I don't know that we actually don't, I think we sometimes think, I can't hear you, Lord, you're not speaking to me. I don't know if that's true as much as we don't allow for quiet. We don't have space in our day-to-day -day life for things to not be noisy, right? Like I have something on my wrist that tells me when to stand. <laughs> like we need, we use our phones for literally everything. 
And even if we're not someone who's big on social media, I bet we're people who are big into our work and our email, right? How many of us actually take a Sabbath? Actually take a day where we might not be reachable to a lot of people? That's hard for me. Do we ever do a task or an activity just for the joy of doing it? Not to be shown, not to be posted, just to enjoy it. That's hard, right? Slowing down and having quiet is hard. The other thing that I think really stops us is discomfort. And boy, do we hate that. Um, I mean, would you ever voluntarily choose to do a task that you knew you would fail? That would maybe make you exhausted, make you doubt yourself? If only that you would have a closer relationship with the Lord. I confess, I don't know that I would choose that. That sounds not fun. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, my husband and I, Stanton, we moved um, here about a year and a half ago from Richmond to do ministry with adolescents. Um, Richmond is my hometown. We left people who love us both really dearly, who know us, um, family, literal family, as well as friends who really feel like family, a city that I love, uh, and working with people we both love in both of our jobs. We left that to come here where we don't know anybody. Um, I came here, I kind of took over a ministry that wasn't doing so well, it was sort of dying. And so I was kind of told and expected people to be pretty excited when I showed up to a dying ministry. That, you know, they would be happy to see me, like maybe be really excited. And what really happened pretty quickly is that um, a lot of parents don't like me very much. Which I know you're saying, how could that be possible? You are <laughs> the most charming and delightful. And one, thank you. But two, I, I know. Uh, no, I mean, but really, I was thinking that people would be so pumped I was there. I might have like a mini parade in my honor, revitalizing a ministry. And really, people would kind of tolerate me at best. Truly. And what that has done, I mean, that is disconcerting, right? I go from a place where I'm loved and known to be a place where like, I don't think people like me. How do I live? I did not know this mattered so much to me. It really matters to me if people like me. Right? What has happened, though, in the last year and a half, I will also say, is that Stanton and I have both deepened our relationship with the Lord, deepened our relationship with each other, have gone through hard things together, and I would say we're kinder, softer, more gracious, and the Lord is present with us. And that's not because we're like really holy and amazing. Uh, it's because we're really needy. We needed him a lot. And it was freaking uncomfortable. I didn't like it. <laughs> and so I think that choosing something uncomfortable is so hard for us, me included. Peter's life in Christ was not one without discomfort, but it was full. Right? Do we have space in our brains, in our life, to see where the Lord is asking us to go? And then do we have the trust to go, even if it's 
pretty uncomfortable. I just don't think that there is renewal for us without some discomfort. And in the world we live in today, we're not going to hear the Lord's voice unless we quiet some things down. Do we really trust when the Lord shows us some, an, an uncomfortable path we could maybe choose? Do we really trust that he has the best intentions for us? Not for a comfortable life, but a vibrant life. One where we grow to know our maker and our creator so intimately. Where we learn the limits of ourselves and learn what it is to have the Lord fill in those gaps where we are broken and cannot do without him. Do we really know what that feels like? I think a lot of times we started in our faith really aware of our brokenness, but then as time goes by, we accidentally mistake what the Lord wants for us for an ideal Christian life, right? An ideal Christian life where you get married, an ideal Christian life isn't single, right? in our culture, where you get married to someone you love very much, they're very good looking, you have very good looking children, you have a wonderful job, uh, maybe your own business, you hire other people who are Christians, you have great friends, right? Your children become great little Christians and they go to a great little school. And none of these are bad things, y'all, but that isn't everything, right? We get so worried about that life and nervous about what might mess that up. We actually miss out on a lot. The Lord didn't call us to him for us to have like a white picket fence. How small would that be? We have the chance to live life with the Lord that is big and vibrant and beautiful and messy. And we get to experience him in ways we never would. Y'all, Peter would never have seen a miracle if he had said, hey, I like I like use my boat, but like I'm not going to go fish where you want me to fish because I don't know you and you're not a fisherman and it's weird. Which probably would have been reasonable. I think any of us had been approached by a stranger to do something. I'd be like, maybe don't go with that stranger. That seems unsafe. <laughs> but I just don't think all the glory of all who God is cannot be found. It just can't be found when we are our own gods. When we make our life God right? Who feel like we need nothing from the Lord. I think that's another word for comfortable is that we don't need anything. Which, by the way, you will disappoint yourself every time when you do that. It's not actually that great. The only way I know to soothe the disquiet in our soul to soothe that thing that keeps us spinning every night, to soothe our need for greater efficiency, to be even better, to be even greater, to be the best parent, the best friend, the best partner, to just all these pressures that we feel. The only thing that's going to soften it is by walking towards what Christ calls us to. But do we trust him enough to walk towards that when it's hard, when it's messy and uncomfortable? Yeah, I just, as I sit here and I think about us and renewal and what Peter was called to, I just pray that we would know that the Lord came and died so that we would have an intimate life with him, that we would know him better, that we would live a life 
of seeing people's lives changed and hearts changed and our hearts changed. He didn't die so that we would have a really great little Christian life, right? That's Instagrammable and beautiful from the outside and really shiny. He died so that we would know in our hearts that our God who made us, who made everything, wants to be with us, that we would be made whole in God. And we can only be made whole in God when we admit and live in places where we are messy and broken. (coughs) He can only make the wholeness when we are lacking. So as we consider renewal this Lent season, I would consider maybe one or two small ways that we can make things a little more quiet in our lives. I don't need you to like throw away your phone and become a monk. Be a little weird. Uh, Maybe he's calling you to that, but I would say no. Um, But maybe just one or two moments in the week where we can have more quiet. And then are we brave enough to, to trust where God is calling us to? Are we asking other people to speak into maybe where they think we're being called to? Maybe putting aside what we think is a perfect life for a minute and seeing what God has for us. Because I promise there is more love and grace and joy and depth and wholeness to be found in following him into those uncomfortable places than there is to be found in our ideal version of what we think a good life is. So that's what I have for us today, and what I've been thinking about. And it's a challenge for me as well. Um, I'm gonna pray for us. That's it. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Lord, I just thank you that you love us so dearly, that you died for us to be with you, and that we would remember that. That we were created for depth with you, depth with you, Lord. I just pray that we would seek you, that we would seek quiet, that we would seek your voice, that we would walk towards what is scary, because, Lord, you have called us to something even greater. Lord, I just pray that we would long for you and that we would not be able to ignore that, ignore our deep desire for you. Lord, meet us where we are. Help us just take one step towards you today. In your name I pray. Amen.